Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. 48 Hours presents I don't remember much of that time. I just remember thinking, am I going to make it through this? My mom drove me from my house to the hospital. The police are at our house, and I'm taking my daughter to the emergency room because she's bleeding from her head. I kept saying to my mom, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And she was like, Sophie, it's okay. Sophie, you're okay. You're okay. Okay. I just tried to be as calm as I could and try to just reassure her. She was safe now. Adam wasn't there. What is the male's name that assaulted her? Adam, he needs to be put away. Two officers were waiting there for us and then they put the whole hospital on lockdown. They knew that he was still at large. The police came in and were just asking me questions. Has this happened before? I just said yes, and that's the last conscious memory I have before my surgery. I remember waking up and I felt, oh my God, I'm alive. I just felt there's a reason I'm here, and I believe this is what I'm here for, to share my story. I was 14 years old, and he had just turned 16. Adam 
was the typical skater boy that every 13-year-old girl dreams of. Beautiful blue eyes, flippy hair. He was mysterious. A lot of girls were attracted to him. As soon as he showed interest in me, he became my complete focus. My friends knew something was wrong, but I never told anyone about the abuse. Everyone else loved him. Everyone else thought he was hilarious. Stop with me! Nobody would ever believe that he did anything to me. I hate you. He did a lot of different things when he was angry. I've seen him get mad. I've seen him do horrible things to me before. But that night, there's just something different. He just had this crazy look in his eyes, like something had snapped. And I asked him, I said, Adam, are you, are you going to kill me? And he said, yes. This episode is brought to you in part by June's Journey. Picture it, the glamour of the roaring 20s wrapped in a mystery that only you can solve. Dive into June Parker's captivating quest to uncover scandalous family secrets. With your keen eye for detail, find hidden clues and solve mind-boggling puzzles. It's all about observation, intrigue, and drama. But beware. Each clue leads deeper into a thrilling storyline filled with danger and romance. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Your adventure awaits. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. She and I have been so close our whole lives. I knew she told me when she was hurting. I knew we had that kind of a connection that I didn't recognize when that stopped being the case, that somehow I didn't get what was really going on. I, I still can't make sense of that. I would do anything to have protected her, and I... I wasn't able to. I remember the first time I saw him, oh my goodness, that's Adam. He's so hot, he's in a grade above us. A Couple of weeks later, he ended up messaging me on Facebook. 
And I remember bragging about it to my friends, like, oh, look, Adam messaged me. He's talking to me. And that's how we met. When Sophie and Adam met, I could see that she was really excited and that she was kind of giggly. He has this incredibly kind of innocent presence about him. It was really her first love. I was definitely completely infatuated with him. He was quiet. I couldn't get that much out of him, and I think I was attracted to that. I put a lot of my focus into just trying to figure him out. He seemed to have an underlying sadness. She was aware of him having a lot of pain from his childhood. After my divorce and we moved to Kalamazoo, it was just a tough time. I mean, it's a tough time for any teenager. He was a little withdrawn and it would go through little bouts of depression a little bit. I started seeking treatment for Adam, some counseling and some place for him to have an outlet. He was always really well-adjusted at school, well-liked at school, got along with his friends at school and his teachers. When Sophie entered high school, she seemed a little more lost than she had been before. She went to counseling at one point because she was feeling depressed, but she was level-headed. She wasn't doing things that I felt like were bad for her, destructive, and so I trusted her but I didn't really fully understand how some of that would shift when she got involved with Adam. I felt very special at first. Adam always told me that he loved me and that he wanted kids with me and that we are gonna get married. He used to come outside my window and he'd draw a heart and he'd play my favorite song and he'd lay flowers out there for me. On the surface, Sophia and Adam appeared to be just two teenagers caught up in the excitement of first love. But their youthful infatuation soon evolved into something much darker. I became his main focus. He didn't want me to hang out with my friends. He wanted me all to himself. He'd go through my phone. One specific time, he was suspicious that I was gonna go hang out with someone. He threw me up against the wall, told me that nobody would ever love me and that I didn't deserve him. I honestly thought, wow, what did I do to make him this upset? Why is he this mad? I didn't have a clue about how serious it was or how things were escalating. <sighs> He'd always text me and say that he was suicidal. He used to cut his legs. He used to take pills. I had my mom, who I was lying to, and I had him. I just felt hopeless, and so I attempted suicide. As soon as I took the pills, I realized that I wanted to live and that it wasn't worth it. I first broke up with him right before my birthday. He started stalking me more. 
it got to the point where I finally told my mom about it, and I said, Mom, you know, he's been following me, I'm scared. I called his mom, and I said, I'm concerned, I think he needs to be hospitalized or something. Their relationship was clearly unhealthy, and they were getting very possessive of each other. My husband and I spoke with Adam, and he said, you know, this girl is, is going to get you in trouble. She's either going to get you killed or put in jail if you stay with her. This drama has to stop. And it was the following evening that he went over to her house. The first time Adam attacked me, he ripped the window open and he came in and I was like, get out, why are you here? Like, leave, leave. And I actually grabbed him and I started hitting him. And so he pulled out a knife and he held it to himself. And he said, you wanna hurt me? Then do it. And then I just broke down and I told him, I was like, I could never hurt you. Why are you doing this? He held a knife to my throat and just kept saying, you don't have control anymore. You don't have control anymore. And eventually I talked him down. I told him how much I loved him, about how big of a mistake I had made by trying to leave him. And he agreed to leave and he texted me and he said, you're not gonna tell anyone, right? And I just felt sick. And I ran into my mom's room. I had no idea what to say. I was so embarrassed. And I just said, mom, Adam broke in, he had a knife and he was gonna kill me. I was crying in my mom's arms, just sobbing and sobbing. And then I heard, get on the ground. The police came and they actually caught Adam on his way back to the apartment. And they tackled him and captured him. He admitted to what he'd done. He said that he'd gone there with a knife and said that his only intent was to harm himself and not Sophia. Adam was charged with home invasion with the intent to commit assault, and Adam was also charged with felonious assault because he attacked Sophia with a weapon. In this case, the weapon was a knife. Adam went to jail, and he was in jail for about a month. Sophia's family and Adam's family agreed that the best resolution was to allow him to plead guilty to a lesser charge with the agreement that he would have no contact with Sophia, that he would do a long term of probation, and that he would get counseling. If he completed his probation without getting in trouble, all of his charges would have been dropped. We wanted to put some distance between them. So we decided to move Adam out to his grandparents' house, which is a little over 30 miles away, to finish out school and to be away from her. But during that time, he was on a tether, he was on a curfew, he was put on probation, where he saw a probation officer weekly. At that point, everyone thought that it was over, but it wasn't. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. 
Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. We moved from the apartment to the house because of the attack. I didn't feel safe there, and I didn't want him knowing where I lived. Sometimes at night I'd just be up playing Xbox. Sophie would already be asleep, so I'd just like go in her room, make sure all the things were still locked, and make sure she was just, just fine, you know, just check on her when she's sleeping. I just felt better knowing that she was okay before I went to sleep. I started talking to a mutual friend of ours and I was asking her how he was doing. She was just like, Adam's really hurt at what you put him through. Right then and there I was like, wow, what I put him through, I put him in jail. I felt horrible. Me and her kept in contact. And then eventually it got to the point where she said, all right, Adam's going to make a fake Facebook. And if he contacts you, you have to promise that you won't tell anyone. And so we started messaging. Once he got off Tether and his grandparents let him drive their car, he would come visit me. We'd go stay at hotels together and stuff like that. It had been over a year. I had no idea they had any contact. In fact, despite the court order of separation, Sophia and Adam secretly picked right back up where they left off. Adam continued his abusive behavior, and Sophia continued to blame herself. I took it as he just loved me so much and I just drove him to the point. I took his intensity as love instead of something just dark. Please, Please. I thought things were going well. He was starting to take some college courses. He seemed like he had some, some future plans that he was really happy and excited about. I don't know what happened in, in the next couple days. I was with Adam at my friend's house and he just started like going off on me saying really mean things that I didn't care about him. I was scared when he started talking about how I couldn't go to college and that I had to move in with him and that I couldn't have a job because there might be guys there. That was the last time I talked to him. I got really scared, so I just stopped texting him. 
He sent me hundreds of text messages. I'm going to start jabbing my throat with my pencil. I won't stop unless you stop me. I'll just stay home and take pills then. I've cut deep, overdosed, and held a gun in my mouth. I'll back my car into your house and light the gas tank on fire with me inside. He sent me a picture outside of my house. I just remember seeing his jacket and my house. That morning, there were some chairs moved on the back deck up against the door, and I thought that was kind of weird. I didn't really think much of it, but somebody keyed my mom's car. So I was like, damn, I guess I was on like kind of protective mode or whatever for that night. He said, Mama, I'm going to stay awake all night long, and I'm going to have a baseball bat. I went to my room, and Sophie went upstairs. Kylie was at the computer in the living room, which is kind of at the bottom of the stairway. I walked up into my room, and I saw a comforter that used to be on my bed that was just thrown on my floor. As soon as I shut the door, Adam popped from under the blanket, and he was holding a knife. He just had this crazy look in his eyes, like something had snapped. At first, I was trying to tell him, I was like, you can leave, like, we can work this out. I'll meet you outside, just go out the window. Like, my mom doesn't have to know. He said, no, it's too late now. I'm gonna go to prison for this. It's too late now. I asked him, Adam, are you going to kill me? And he said, yes. And he walked up to me and he had the knife in his hand and he just cut across my chest. I heard Kylie yelling up, Sophie, are you okay? So I went up to the top of the stairs and I said, Sophie, are you okay? I lied and said, oh yeah, it's just drama from school. Then there was this pause and I started to walk away and she said, mom, I love you. And I thought that that was the last time that I'd be able to say it to her. It just went through me. I heard this thud, and I heard her kind of cry out, this guttural cry. And so I grabbed the doorknob, and I said, let me in. And I pushed it really hard, and it pushed back with a lot of force. He was up against the door, pushing against it, so my mom couldn't get in. And he just pulled out the bottle, poured out the gasoline, and lit it. And then came over to me and started dragging both of us towards the flames. I just took all my might, and I pushed through, and as soon as I did, it was just like an explosion of flames. I just grabbed my bat and I ran up the stairs. I couldn't see anything but fire. I thought he had a knife in his hand, so then I just started hitting him with a bat. 
Adam was kind of using her as a shield. Kylie, by accident, hit Sophie in the head. Adam was kind of backing away, and he backed into the window. And as Kylie just kept hitting, Adam crouched and kind of fell back through the window, and, and Sophie was free. I didn't even see my brother come through. I was in Adam's arms one second, and then the next second I just felt this warm feeling come across my body. And in my head I was like, all right, that's it, I'm dead. To hear more of Sophia's mom's call to 911, join us on Facebook at 48 Hours. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. When we first got to the hospital, I think the doctors thought, like I did, that it was just a surface injury and there was a lot of blood because the head bleeds a lot. The security officers and police officers were all asking her questions. You know, what does he look like? Who are his friends? Where does he go? What does he drive? And she was answering as best as she could. She started switching her words around, like the end of a word would be on the beginning, and, and they realized that something serious was happening. They immediately took her and had a scan. They found out that she had a hematoma under the skull. When I first like seen Sophia, she just had blood in her hair, like you could see the blood. Kylie was 15 when this all happened. When he saw her, he just broke down. And he said, I did that to her, I did that to her. I was scared she might have had brain damage or something from the bat. She was in surgery for a few hours. And then they put the whole hospital on lockdown. Sophia was under guard at the hospital because Adam had just committed a very violent act. He'd broken into a house, he'd set it on fire, he'd held a knife to Sophia's throat, and he was on the loose. Nobody knew where he was, what his mental or physical state was, so she was protected at the hospital to make sure that nothing more could happen to her. I don't know, I guess it was close to midnight. The police came to our house looking for Adam, and they searched through the house. He did not come home that night. He didn't answer any calls that night. He didn't answer any texts. I really believe that they would find him dead by morning.
I remember waking up and it was shocking. Just, oh my God, I'm alive. I'm here right now. My skull had been shattered in, I think, six places. My brother, he saved my life. He's my hero and he always will be. Adam was arrested by police the day after the assault. He was walking down one of the main roads, kind of distraught, and the police pulled over and, and took him into custody without any problem. He was injured quite badly. He had burns up his leg. He had some cuts and bruising on his elbow and his arm. He was charged with assault with intent to murder Sophia. He was charged with home invasion, arson, and felonious assault. What we kind of want to know is, what sparked all this today, last night? The interrogation uh, of Adam lasted over an hour. Adam's demeanor was quite calm. I was surprised. I just felt like I was doing everything to have this perfect image in my head of us, like... Sure. Having a life. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I, she just stopped talking to me and I felt like that was taken away and then... When did she stop talking to you? Let's say four days ago. He couldn't understand why after four days she wouldn't communicate with him and that's what set everything in motion for him. Once I went to her house, I was planning on... Last just, night? Yeah, okay. I, was, I was planning on just lighting myself on fire. Was your intent to do it when she was there or so she could see you? Yeah. How, how angry were you? Like, what, what was going through your mind? What um, were you going to do at this point? Well, I still had this idea that I was going to talk to her. Yeah. But, I mean, once I saw her face and just, just thought about it, I was so mad, and I mean, I pretty much lit myself on fire right there in the room, blocking the door from her mom, and then, like, it, it just clicked, and then... What clicked? That I made a huge mistake. With Adam now in custody, both Sophia and Kristen could rest easier. But Kristen, a social worker who happens to specialize in childhood trauma, had no idea, until now, the true nature of Adam's abusive relationship with her daughter. She's always been just such a wise and amazing young woman, and I, I could not have imagined that she would be vulnerable to this. After she knew, it was kind of just like a waterfall of me just telling her things that I had kept in secret for so long. My heart just dropped. Sorry. I was so ashamed that I had let him treat me like this for so long that I didn't want anyone to know about it. She kept it to herself. She didn't want her family to find out. And Adam used that as one of the many ways that he controlled Sophia. You feel alone. You feel like nobody else is going through it. And I didn't realize that what I was going through was even domestic violence until I spoke out about it. One of the first questions anyone has in a domestic violence relationship is why do you stay? Why do you put up with this? 
Why I stayed with Adam. At first, I wanted to help him. I thought I could save him. And then it was because he had torn my self-esteem down so low that I didn't have any value for myself. And I was scared for my life, obviously, because when I did try to leave him, look what happened. When I took the bandages off Sophia's head, they had shaved a big section, and she had this big scar with staples that came all across her skull. And I remember at first it was just hard. It was hard to look at, you know, just painful to look at. And she just said, Mama, I'm going to shave it off. I'm just going to shave it off. Everything that happened with Adam made me feel so ugly inside and out and horrible about myself. I hated myself. My head shaved and I don't know. I, my face is all puffy and I feel more beautiful now than mm. I have in for since I can remember. The court calls the case of Adam Shiglaja. I don't think she looked forward to confronting Adam, but she knew it was something that she had to do. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After Adam was arrested, the next stage of the process was a preliminary exam which requires the prosecutor to show that there's evidence to prove that a crime was committed and that Adam committed it. Preliminary exams are always difficult because they're usually just a couple weeks after the incident had occurred. It was the first time she'd set eyes on Adam since she saw him in the bedroom with a knife to her throat. Testifying was the hardest thing I've ever done. I thought that I was trapped and there was no way that I was going to get out and that was going to be the moment that I was going to die. I just felt vulnerable, scared. I just was really worried about her, you know, emotionally. I was just really worried about her. The prosecutor basically just told me to tell the truth. He just came up and sliced my chest. Just be honest, tell them what happened. Sophia is just generally an excellent witness. She's an incredibly articulate person. She's thoughtful. My mom um, burst in, and then he was kind of grabbing me, and he, he was 
kind of moving us towards the fire. I was saying, Sophie, come, come out, come out, but the flames were like all in front of the door. One of the things that Sophia and Chris and I all agreed on was that Sophia was only going to be safe as long as Adam was locked up. He'd attacked her before. We tried to give him a chance. We tried to give him a break, and that just didn't work. After one day of testimony, it was decided there was enough evidence for Adam to stand trial. Ten months after his arrest, Adam chose a bench trial over a jury trial, putting his future in the hands of a single judge. I was very confident in the home invasion and arson counts, but proving intent is very difficult, and I was concerned about whether or not we could adequately prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he went there with the intent to kill Sophia. He got gasoline, he got a knife, he got a lighter, he went to her bedroom and tried to kill her. My strategy for building this case was to show not just what happened in Sophia's room on the day of the incident, but to show the pattern of behavior and the escalation of what was happening in Adam in the days prior. I argued to the court that he lost control of himself and he also realized that he was losing control of Sophia. Adam was finally realizing that Sophia was ending this relationship for good, that she wasn't going to contact him, and that that's what led Adam to the point where he had no choice but to kill Sophia. One of the really important pieces of evidence in this case was the text messages in this matter. Adam sent Sophia hundreds of text messages. She did not respond once. State your full name for the record, please. Adam Shigwaja. The defense argued that Adam did not go to the house with the intent to kill Sophia. Is it your testimony that you never intended to harm her? Yes. Even when you were holding the knife? Yes, that's correct. I did not intend to hurt her. What was the purpose of going there, Adam? To kill myself. To kill yourself? Yes, sir. I don't believe that he is capable of hurting her. I definitely know he's not capable of murder. He talked about when he testified how his only goal was to keep Sophia away from the fire. Did you ever pull Sophia into the fire, Adam? No. Did you ever push her into the fire? No, I pulled her away from it. And that any injury she sustained on her chest from the knife must just have been the fact that he accidentally bumped her with it. Did you ever tell Sophia when you were in that bedroom, even before the fire or after the fire, that you were going to kill her? No. Did that ever happen? No. Are you certain of that? Yes. I was shocked. I didn't expect him to lie like that. That was my final realization, that this person is actually sick. A verdict came down in the trial of a man accused of trying to kill his ex-girlfriend. I found beyond a reasonable doubt that he intended to cause great bodily harm to her, but he did not intend to murder her or kill her. It was like being hit by a train. The judge found Adam guilty of the home invasion and arson counts, but she did not find that the burden was met for the charge of assault with intent to murder. And the sentencing guidelines at that moment went from something like 20 years to three years. The judge said in her verdict that he didn't 
try to kill her, that he was there to commit suicide. If Mr. Shikwaja intended to kill Sophia, he would have and could have done that. He obviously very much loved her. It went way overboard. I just was stunned, and Sophie was just stunned, because I know, I know what Adam's capable of. The judge made it seem like we both had equal parts in what had happened. And so to me, that put all the blame right back on myself. The level of deviance and the danger of, of who he is was not recognized by the court, and I was terrified that Sophie was not going to be protected, that the system didn't think he was a threat. See what detectives found on the scenes of these crimes now at 48hours.com. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Everyone was outraged by what the judge said. The community who had watched Sophia from the hospital bed started raising their voices. What just happened? How is this love? Letters were written to the judge from many people that I've never even met about how wrong her verdict was. One of the most amazing things that happened was that the YWCA coordinated this march outside the courthouse on the day of sentencing. We were all very nervous for sentencing. We were all very concerned that the lesser verdict was an indication that we could expect a more lenient sentence. There is no other way to keep Sophie Putney Wilcox and the rest of the community safe other than to lock up Adam Shigwaja for the maximum allowable time. He got a chance to get help. He even got a chance to keep a conviction off his record. But his desire to control Sophia was stronger than any of those chances. On September 21st, 2011, I met a mysterious boy with piercing blue eyes. 
The victim impact statement that Sophia gave in court is one of the best things I've ever heard. Everything started off okay. I thought that it was love. It tells the whole story of domestic violence. It started with you cheating. You told me that nobody would ever love me. You dug your nails into my leg. You broke into my bedroom and held a knife to my throat. You threatened to kill yourself, burn my house down with my mom and my brother inside. How could someone who claimed they loved me want to hurt me so much? I must have done something to make you do this. He played on her fears, he played on her shame. Exposing our relationship was something I feared more than death. He was standing right in front of me. He just looked emotionless. And even though it was the scariest thing, facing him like that, it also empowered me. This is it. This is the end of a long story of abuse. I asked this court for protection and justice. Okay, Mr. Chikwancha, anything you want to tell the court? I loved her, but I never once did love myself. I loved her more than my own life. Her to be her was never in my intent. You are a very disturbed man. You brought gas and a match to start yourself on fire that, that night and have her sit and watch that? That's disgusting. Your actions are haunting. They'll haunt her for the rest of her life. You cannot control someone like this. She is not a piece of property. There was clearly abuse. Do I think it was your intention to kill her that evening based on the evidence at trial? No, I don't. But you are out of control and you do need to be put away for a very long time. In a decision that took everyone by surprise, the judge sentenced Adam to a minimum of 29 years in prison. When questioned later, she said the uproar over her verdict had no influence on her ruling. Now I can feel safe. It was like a weight was just lifted off of my shoulders. Sophie was really protected for the first time. I felt like she was given her life back. All of us were. To turn around and sentence them for that amount of time based on her verdict, I don't believe was fair at all. Watching them leave in the handcuffs, it was just unbelievable and it was heartbreaking. Some nights I still can't sleep, just thinking about things. <laughs> I'm alone at the house for the first time. <laughs> when I went back to school, I couldn't have anyone behind me because I was scared. I had to have my back to the wall at all times. It's hard to speak out because the same question seems to always pop up. Why didn't you just leave? Me speaking out gives me hope that I can help other people. He drilled into my head that everything was my fault. That's healing for me. I'm amazed by Sophia. She went through it as such a warrior. I've always felt like she's the strongest person I've known. And I know this is just the beginning of that young woman's life. I mean, she's gonna go out and 
and rock this world. There's a lot of lessons I could take away from all of this. I think the biggest one for me is just how important it is to love yourself. I lost who I was and I've got myself back. I will never let this define me. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.